All right, welcome back to this new edition of the Counter Trade Podcast. I'm your host, John Johnson, hanging with you. After taking the last two weeks off, uh, we're finally back sitting at the saddle here, bringing some stuff to you. And honestly, we took the last two weeks off because uh, we didn't have much to say. The Redskins had come off a loss. I wasn't going to come over there and beat the dead horse again. And they get a win. Uh, Dwayne Haskins looked okay. And then they come back and follow it up this past Sunday with another win. And I have to say, Haskins looked so much better. And it's funny, it comes off uh, the last time we spoke where I brought up if the Redskins had some regrets about drafting Haskins. And I thought that many in the organization or some in the organization did and some fans might have as well. But Haskins uh, seems to be improving uh, as the weeks go by. He seems to be becoming more and more comfortable in the system. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator, saying that uh, he's seen some growth out of Haskins and that the Redskins offense is more uh, giving him more more room to grow, more playbook plays, more uh, more options because he's showing himself to be more capable. So that's good to see. Um, and it kind of moves us away from uh, potentially sitting here with the Redskins getting a, a top five potential pick, maybe taking a quarterback that early again. I think the Redskins need to look uh, obviously at tackle. We've discussed at nauseum the the hole that Trent Williams has left. Give big shout out to in the offensive line to Eric Flowers. Uh, we gave him a lot of flack here early in the offseason. Uh, we gave him a lot of flack when the season started. But he's actually been a very, very solid guard for the Redskins. <laughs> Much better than Sean Laval uh, ever was in D.C. So big shout out to Eric Flowers. He's actually played very well this season. Um, a guy that, uh, you know, give whatever you want to say about Bill Callahan as a head coach. He's done a nice job with him uh, on the offensive line, resurrecting Flowers' career where um, – you know, he's a guy where, you know, next season you can look at uh, potentially filling that guard position again. And, and, and you know, if the Redskins hit with a, uh, a top flight tackle here in the draft, uh, he's uh, uh, the line might be a little better uh, than we think uh, next season. But that's not where we're at right now. We're, we're, we're still talking Dwayne Haskins here and uh, kudos to him as for stepping up. And I'll admit I was wrong. I said that Haskins should sit the entire season. Uh, I didn't think he was ready to take over the reins. I still don't think he's ready uh, to lead and win on a consistent basis. Um, but, hey, look, he's got two wins in a row. He's played well. He's proven he's un starting to grow into that position. I loved the fact that he got after uh, after the loss a couple weeks ago, got after uh, the offensive line, asked him what you know he could do to help them. Uh, we talked about that in the pod and, and how I, I thought the line's uh, demeanor towards him in some ways other than um, a few guys was, was, was lackluster and, and they needed to do some soul-searching where you had this young kid growing into a leadership role. I really liked that out of him, and we've seen it. We we've seen him develop uh, here over the past couple of weeks. So I admit I was I was I'll take the L there. I was wrong. Uh, I don't admit that very often when I'm wrong. But hey, look, I'm wrong. Uh, I thought Haskins should have sat, and he's proven that he should have been playing. And you know what? Kudos to him for being ready uh, and 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 getting better and developing and, and taking this opportunity and running with it a little bit. It just seems that he's such a polarizing person here in D.C. right now. Reminds me a little bit of the uh, the time we had with Robert Griffin and uh, Kirk Cousins where you had most or, or half the fan base in one corner and half the fan base in the other. We're kind of seeing that divide right now with Haskins where you have half the fan base saying we're seeing some progress. We like this kid as a quarterback. This is the face of the franchise. 
And then you got the other half saying, let's take that top draft uh, or go into the draft and take another quarterback, kind of take that Arizona Cardinals approach where they had, uh, you know, Rosen in-house, but you know what, let's go ahead and take Kyler Murray anyway and roll the dice and see if we can't get anything out of that. I don't think I, that's – I'm not going to be the one to say that I'm in that camp. Uh, I'm more in the middle. I think Haskins has proven that he can be a quarterback or proving, I should say, to be a quarterback uh, and proving to be the, like he could be a guy here in D.C. But I'm not willing to sit there and say that I'm ready to turn over the keys full-time to him yet, but he's certainly working his way towards that. Now, the biggest thing I wanted to get into in today's podcast is is really the situation that we have in D.C. here with our organizational um, structure. Uh, I think the Redskins find themselves without a general manager in a poor position. Uh, we've talked about this to no end, and I think the Redskins fans need to keep the fire on uh, the organization to remove Bruce Allen. Um, this... It's something that we've talked about a couple of weeks ago, probably actually probably say more closer to the beginning of the season, where this Redskins situation reminds me a lot of the Tennessee situation, of Tennessee Volunteers situation, where fan apathy just started to take over at some point in Knoxville, where they were just tired of the losing a proud franchise, a proud organization, uh, was just tired of the same old, same old, the same old. Uh, coaches being hired, the, the 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 presidents and the administration not taking winning uh, as seriously as the fans wanted, and they were going to go out and hire another um, poor head coach and Greg Schiano, and the fan base revolted and ended up getting that deal nixed, and they got themselves a guy in Jeremy Pruitt. They went behind, and here we are, end of the season in Knoxville, and Pruitt's turned the really turned the program around a bit. They're 7-5 and five, headed to a bowl game, and they seem to be in a much better place than they were uh, a couple years ago, and the fan base seems happier. Looking at D.C., the situation reminds me so much of that because the fan apathy is just there. Uh, even with Haskins getting those two wins, we've got part of the team, oh, part of the fan base saying, keep losing. Uh, we want to get the draft pick. We want to get Bruce Allen fired. Um but at the same time, you've got young guys that are out there that are showing themselves to be capable players. You know, Haskins and McLaren, Montez Sweat has come along uh, of late. Um, your cornerback situation, uh, the fan favorite Jimmy Moreland's played well. Like, there's there's guys out there that you can root for um, that are young core pieces that you can see as part of this organization moving forward. So you want to see them win and develop. But the fan base is just so tired of the same old, same old. And there's just so much consternation with the idea that Bruce Allen stays, nothing changes, uh, Bill Callahan will be the head coach, and here we will be two, three years from now singing the exact same thing and watching this team go, you know, 5 and, you know, 12 or whatever it might be, or, you know, 5 and 11 and, uh, you know, 6 and 10 and, you know, pop in a, a an eight and eight season, and and but it's just not what we want, and it, it is time for the fan base to take back the team. Uh, the the we've seen now the power of the voice, the power of the people, uh, more than ever. Uh, I think the fan base needs to, to to take back the team. There needs to be a push, a continued you know concentrated effort to get Bruce Allen out of there. You know, let's not act like. The PR people for the Redskins and the PR people um, 
for the NFL and, uh, you know, and Dan Snyder. Let's not act like they don't see your tweets. They do. You know, he, he knows when he goes out there and sits in his press box and looks out and sees all the empty seats. He knows. It's hitting him in the pocket, you know. It's hitting him in the checkbook where, you know, opposing fans are being there, but there's thousands of empty seats because the fans are done. And I, and I don't blame them. You know, there is hope around the corner. Absolutely, there's hope around the corner with, with, with certain players. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, but with that being said, just that little bit of hope, the fans need to pu- keep pushing it. They need to take the fan. They need to take the team back. Uh, they need to keep the fire up. And, and I think that's something that Redskin fans are going to have to do uh, moving forward is to continue to put the pressure on, even with the guys winning games, even with the team finding a way to win with Haskins and and showing some signs of light of a life of late. Uh, and showing some signs of progress with with some young guys stepping up, they need to keep the fan. They need to keep the pressure up. Dan Snyder sees all of that. Dan Snyder sees it all. He hears your voice. It's just a matter of are you going to be loud enough to make him make a change? And that needs to be the question. Make it loud enough where he has to make a change, regardless of the wins and losses this season. Regardless if the Redskins run the table here at the end. Make it known. Make it loud that Bruce needs to go. Finally, we wrap up this podcast with the Josh Norman situation, and it's kind of coming to a uh, sad kind of ending here. Uh, Josh came to the Redskins a couple years ago, and, and he played well in his first you know, two seasons here in D.C., but it seemed like uh, Josh got more and involved with the off the field stuff than maybe the on the field stuff. And look, I'm not going to sit there and question anybody's work habits and off the field training. I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, as a former athlete, you know, I know what these guys go through and, um, you know, in college and, and, and I know, you know, at the pro level, these guys take their job seriously. Um, you know, Josh wanted to be a movie star as well as, you know, a superstar defensive back. Uh, but age eventually gets to everybody. You know, Father Time is undefeated, and he's not played well this year at all. Uh, the Redskins were better served to get rid of him uh, in this offseason. They were better served to cut him. Uh, we talked about that in the offseason. They would have saved themselves a boatload of money by removing on from him, but they didn't trust um, some of the young guys to be ready and, and play. And, you know, part of that also is, too, is Quentin Dunbar's as great as he's been. He's it's been tough, you know, the past couple seasons to keep him on the field. So they couldn't um, necessarily cut him with the question mark of whether Dunbar was going to be healthy for a full season and eventually, uh, you know, be the guy. So I understood it, it to some degree, but it's obvious that the writing's on the wall. Josh will not be here next season. The Redskins will save themselves close to probably $20 million by letting him go and uh, you know, the fans have been on Josh for a long, you know, for a while here. He's, he, he has not played well, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's coming to a sad end. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to uh, find himself, um, you know, on the outside here in D.C., and he's probably going to find himself having a hard time uh, finding another job here uh, because of the way he's played of late. But, listen, he, he, he was a good corner for Carolina. He was a good, uh, good corner here in D.C. for a little bit, but 
it's time to move on. The Redskins are going to have to make some tough decisions. They're going to have to make some tough moves this offseason. Josh won't be the only one. Uh, they, you know, The Redskins might want to consider, especially this is full rebuild mode. It's not. Let's not sugarcoat this. This this is continued rebuild mode. I know we've been talking about a rebuild for several years now. This is rebuild mode. You know, Josh is going to be one of several names that need to be on the block. Uh, you know, longtime linebacker Ryan Kerrigan is probably going to need to be on the block as well. Save yourself some money. Maybe accumulate some draft picks uh, to continue to build this organization and build up on the defense that I think has shown some promise or has some promised players. The defense is not far off. We talked about that before. I still believe that this defense has got some key players. If they can get a defensive coordinator in here who has a uh, an uh, one iota of knowing what they're doing, uh, this, this defense will be better. But Norman's situation is coming to an end. He won't be the only one uh, who will be packing their bags this offseason in D.C. But just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, Josh uh, obviously was good for a bit, not good long enough, probably didn't live up to the paycheck. But sometimes things just don't work out, and that seems just to be always the case here in D.C. That'll do it for this edition of the Counter Trade Podcast. I'm your host, John Johnson. Tune in next time. Until I see you guys next time, get you later.